0: Welcome to episode number 20 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Tea, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. It's going to be a little bit of a different intro than normal. We're not going to chat about current events and have our opinions heard around the world of COVID and all the bullshit that goes along the world right now. We got a big, uh, a big episode today. We got Jess Lockwood on here later as our guest, but at first, we're going to talk about something very cool, something new to the rodeo world. The first ever rodeo spring training camp aimed at rodeo development going to be held in Alberta, Canada and Calgary. Huge for the sport, huge for everybody in the game. Uh, before I get to introducing the guys that are the machines behind it, I'll introduce the boys as normal. Jason, how you doing today?
1: Well, not too bad there, LT. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm ripping it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Different ripping
0: show. I'm, I'm a little. I'm thinking about what we got going on here. It's a little bit different than normal. So yeah, exciting. you
1: guys kind of threw me for a loop here. All of a sudden, all these faces started popping up on Zoom, and not really them <laughs> cute ones that I was hoping for either. But anyway, uh, we'll give these guys we'll give you know what i kind of miss you guys a little bit oh, brando when's the last time we saw you brando lethbridge grand prairie grand Prairie, probably up yeah. jeez
0: jason jumped ahead once again but that's brandon tomei the executive director of the canadian pro rodeo sports medicine team that's joining us today <laughs> as again. well as uh board director keenan vine before we get to that scott baron also back with us scotty how are we doing today
1: good fellas good yeah just hanging out here in the snowstorm. We. We thought we were, uh, away and, uh, free and clear of snow, but fuck about eight inches fell last night. So <laughs> back at her again, but now nah, shit, we need the moisture. It's all good. And we'll take it when we can get it. So
0: back to it again. Good. Okay. Now let's get into this. Cause this is exciting. This is something that as soon as I heard about it, I knew, uh, I wanted to have, have you guys on this show to talk about it as it's, it's revolutionary towards the sport and, uh, pretty cool to, to have you guys on here to just talk about it and walk us through what's going on so Brandon maybe let's start with you uh just kind of fill us in on on uh why you're why you're here today
2: yeah we wanted to uh talk about the spring training camp that we got going on I mean we've been working in professional sports for a long time and Jason knows about it and you know you have spring training camps in baseball and hockey and football and all over the place but we've never really had one in rodeo and um, Keenan and I have been talking a lot about the development of rodeo and bull riding athletes and, and, and um, I don't even know, two months ago maybe, um, I got a proposal across across my computer from Keenan saying that this might be something that we should do and since then trying to put all the pieces together and we got some really cool people involved and lots of experience and I think it's going to be, we're going to revolutionize rodeo and, and bull riding and the way we do things and train and the whole nine yards. So. Um, Mike, it's going to be super cool. We're super excited about the
0: whole thing. 100%. That's pretty cool. We'll get into it a little bit more here before we do that, though. Keenan, uh, what's your thoughts on the whole thing? We're happy to have you on the show.
3: Yeah, I think just echoing Brandon, you know, the big thing was with sport medicine is the, the association, the, the team members, the practitioners, the doctors, everybody, just like the rest of rodeo in Canada, other than some of the bull riding events that you guys were able to to make happen last year rodeo has been over a year well over a year since there's been any kind of professional level activity and um you know i said to brandon as leaders in the sport uh, where we're talking about prevention of injury and preparation for these competitors to come back i think it's important that we do something and uh you know get everybody ready and so that was kind of the idea that I came up with was I said, Hey, no, nothing better than uh, spring training to get everybody going in every other sport. They do it. And when you look at the PBR and their development um, you know, facility down in Pueblo that they opened up and the opportunity that's given to the bull riders, it said, it's crazy to me, 150 years of rodeo and we still don't treat it like a sport it's still not treated as these guys are not treated like athletes. And I said, let's do it. And no better time than now to get everybody ready and, and properly prepare them for what could be, you know, 18 months without getting on a bull or a saddle bronc or doing anything. So that's kind of where it came from. And hopefully a bigger plan than that uh more than just the development camp itself which will be an event is is the program that sport medicine will lead in the you know the development and the the preparation and the training of these uh competitors these athletes in rodeo and bull riding in canada Uh, year round and so hopefully we can develop a super comprehensive program like they have for the care of the competitors but this is more so going to be for the preparation and and Brandon can talk a bit more about some of the people coming to the camp that will be you know a part of it as coaches instructors as uh, uh that side of it but they will also become then resources just like brandon is and blaine bug is and all the other practitioners are year-round for the competitors in the bow riding and rodeo all these people that we're going to have involved and more like a Paige lawrence champion and all those types of people are going to become hopefully resources for the competitors so brandon maybe you can just talk a little bit more about the actual people involved with the camp but uh that's kind of the the general plan as it is and and again hopefully it'll expand and and become so much bigger and and we're just happy you know this is just the prime thing for the Pause of Bond Foundation and guys like you guys and Rusty and everybody to be involved in because this is what it's all about is is the uh the athletes and and taking care of them
0: definitely yeah that's pretty cool guys it's uh like you say it's gonna change a a lot of athletes not only mindset but you know their physical well-being as well and and uh, get them shaped up not only for the year but potentially change their careers and brandon as keenan said can you can you talk about who's going to be there i know in in other sports baseball um hockey their training camps are are based upon you know different teams and and kind of what that what those teams are after for the year Who's involved with this camp, and is it based on just bull riding? Is it based on all of rodeo, or, or what's your guys' plans uh, for this camp?
2: Yeah, we, I mean, we wanted to, we've had a lot of interest from in lots of amateur amateur athletes, and and um, we wanted to reach out to, obviously, PBR Canada athletes and CPR athletes because those are our partners, and wanted to offer it to the, to those professional guys and girls first. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, we've been bringing together, um, the, the, the great, some of the greatest people in our, in, you know, strength, conditioning and nutrition. Um, I mean, we brought on the Acumen, um, performance center. Um, we got on, I got in touch with them. Um, Leanne Gollett is one of the, um, strength and conditioning coaches there. Um, she was Paige Lawrence's, um, therapist, strength and conditioning coach when she went to the Olympics she Obviously, she married Richie, got to know Leanne really well, wanted to get into rodeo. That led us down this whole new path. They hired a brand-new strength and conditioning coach and spent 10 years with the New York Yankees. He's the main guy kind of helping lead this performance, the performance testing portion of it. Um, So lots of experience. Again, they don't know rodeo all that well, but they're willing to learn and they want to get better at, you know, training those athletes and, and the way that is. Um, you know, we're bringing in an Olympic style nutrition, nutritionist shows she she's worked at uh, the last four Olympics, you know, getting all those athletes ready to go, um, from a nutrition standpoint.
1: Do you, you didn't want Scott Byrne to be your nutritionist? Cause have you ever seen how he eats on the road? I
0: have. We
1: yes. thought
2: about bringing him in. And then I thought, Wendy's, this isn't the greatest pregame ever.
3: We were actually talking about that with we Brett. We actually Burger, talked about it, yeah. And I said Brett, probably the best thing for Brett's longevity in his career yes. was the fact that Scott quit, so they didn't take down half of McDonald's uh, restaurant yeah. before they went to the rodeo
1: every Oh, day. yeah. I've seen oh, it firsthand, fellas.
0: Scott, what's your record for the most that you've ordered at McDonald's or ate oh, one sitting? $29.
1: Yeah. 30 I saw bucks. 35 at Wendy's. Oh no. well, Wendy's is a little pricier, eh? The only <laughs> break you get at Wendy's is the <laughs> uh is the frosty. Like for a buck seventy five, that's a hell of an ice cream treat, right? There. That was it. that I was it about I one in, that was treat. that was at about one in the afternoon after the night before in the red barn and oh, Brandon mm-hmm. did the drive through, and I was very very, very hungry boy, very hungry yes. boy. Very ready. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That happens. So, yeah, we
2: decided them. that we we would stray away from Scott and <laughs> Scott that might be able to do a little bit better. Um, and then we're going to okay. a, a performance coach that, or a mental performance um, psychologist that she's worked with NHL hockey players before, um, doing a bunch of different things. Um, Keenan's going to come in and talk about some business stuff, the business side of rodeo. Um, and then obviously our team's going to be on hand to kind of do all the MSK kind of, you know, video analysis type stuff. We're going to do concussion baseline testing with the, with the guys and girls that are there. Um, kind of, we wanted to do it right. And we wanted to build it professionally and done the right way. And um, so we had to bring in the right people. I mean, even from the, the we're providing lunch to, to everybody um, and it's coming from a program called Fuel for Gold. They feed all the Olympic athletes during their training throughout the year. Um, you know, so from top to bottom, we wanted to do it right the first time and and uh, we'll move forward from there.
1: Now, now Brandon, we always talked about preventative, pardon me, preventative maintenance. And I know God knows you've helped me through the last four or five years of my career, my whole career really, uh, the team has. Is this not just the ultimate preventative maintenance starting at square one? And Am I right? I'm not far off not, on, if we, can, if we can train these young guys or you know, even older guys that are halfway through their career, how to, how to treat their body properly. It's only going to benefit, um, themselves in the end and, and as well, and, and as well, um, really look good on the team as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal is to keep people in this sport as long as possible. Um, you know, and, and it starts from the very beginning, not only I guess, not only keep them in the sport longer, but also, um, develop them the right way. Uh, mm. from the beginning, right. You know, we make it safer and we do the development camps and we make everything. And now, you know, somebody's, you know, some 12 year olds, mom thinks that it's okay to put them into this because it's done the right way. And we're not just throwing them on a 600 pound steer. That's going to rip their head off. Right. Right. So it's kind of building it that right way so that we can have the longevity of the sport, including the older people. You know, I mean, you look at uh, the bull riders, like look at job. I mean, their, their, their career is becoming longer and longer and longer. Um, and it's because of the training and the injury prevention and everything that, you know, Justin does, we do rich and Dave do down south. Like it's because of all of that, that everybody's been able to, to draw their career out for as long as they have.
3: And that's the big thing that we looked at for this. Well, I mean, the conversations just keep rolling and we've all the five of us sitting on here have probably had as many, if not more than most people about rodeo and bull riding development and you know, all that stuff that goes along with it, but the, the big thing for Brandon and I, A, we've got looking into this side of it, but some other things that have been coming down the pipe with with rodeo in the last few months here, uh, one of the big things in the realization is, is that people probably don't even know this, is rodeo is not even considered an organized sport. Not federally, not provincially. uh, It's just not. And there's a lot of criteria that must be met in order to be considered an organized sport in Canada under the guides of the federal government. And we don't even meet any of them. So, um, you know, one of the major, major pieces of that is is development develop proper development of potential future athletes and so that kind of is one of our main goals here is yes we do want to extend the careers of of the current competitors but it is really to be able to create a program that will help develop properly develop and safely develop athletes and and then you know continue on with them as we grow them into professional elite athletes and and again I mean we want to create a program ran by the sport medicine association the main thing is there is that we're a not-for-profit so it's a lot easier for us to apply for grants it's a lot easier for us to be able to get some of this funding and even just partnerships because nobody's lining their pockets with this initiative but um even to go out and say okay we want to you know identify these kids and we want to we want them to go to Tanner Burns bull riding and bullfighting school but Tanner Byrne may be the best person or Scott Byrne or whoever, Jason Davidson to put on a school. But as we know, there's lots of guys that aren't and they already are putting on the clinics because you don't have to be a certified rodeo coach or bull riding coach, or even have a friggin' background check to work with these children. If you want to put on a rodeo clinic, it's crazy. So,
1: well, and on that note, Kino, know, like um, if, if there's, you know, is the CPRA or PBR Canada work together to certify certain individuals it still wouldn't stop somebody from going and doing it probably right so how how would we you know just thinking outside the box here how would how would we do that how how could we work together and making sure that it's the right people teaching these young kids
3: it's it does it will never prevent them and it doesn't in any other sport either from hosting their own clinic or camp or you know personal trainers that want to train athletes and have no real certification to do that other than saying that they can go and get on a you know uh, whatever bike at the local gym and take people through their fitness class but um the big thing is is like in in hockey which you, you understand better than anybody jason is you that's fine for you to go and do that but unless you are recognized by hockey canada hockey alberta whoever as having an official development camp on behalf of that organization then it's not legitimate and right. yeah. you know what brandon and i keep saying is you, you can have a you can have one of those but it might as well just be a pond hockey scrimmage right it's not it's not legitimate it's not certified and so that's yeah just
1: like we of- we can't um we cannot go produce a hockey game of any sanctioning or caliber anyway. Like we couldn't host a WHL game. We couldn't host a national hockey. We, you just can't do it. No. You know, you cannot do it. Anybody could put on a rodeo. Anybody can put on a for the most part. We're 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 pulling the reins in on that with PBR Canada. We're just not allowing people to send in a sanctioning fee anymore and produce an event. Because yeah, yeah if you can't have some at least moderate control over your content and, and the delivery of the product. Why are you putting professional in front of your name?
3: Well, and that that's why this is so important to the sport medicine organization is because for years they've built that reputation of, you know, not only being practitioners and professionals in healthcare for sport, but also in rodeo. And there isn't a lot of people out there that have 35 plus years of caring for just specifically rodeo competitors. And so when we can go through, and there is an extensive process to get uh, to become a actual practitioner on the team for the sport medicine organization, you can't just do that. So that's the kind of process we want to be able to develop for personal trainers, for fitness and conditioning, for, you know, any doctor practitioner or otherwise professional that becomes part of this program would have to be very specific to the sport of rodeo and bull riding. And so that's kind of the, the reasoning behind starting with this spring training camp is, is to ensure that we can create this event that will be ran and operated by the sport medicine team. And hopefully, launch us in the right direction and and I don't know I think it's it's exciting stuff and and hopefully you know I mean this is just the beginning but it's going to be something that will just keep growing and developing and with again with great support I think we're going to do some cool stuff
1: well I think unfortunately um, due to COVID we all have some more time on our hands you know and a uh,
2: silver lining i have to say yeah
1: if 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 there is a you know anything solid besides the nfp podcast that comes out of covid (laughs) we're gonna we'll put it we'll put that ball in your guys court so um you know we're happy to support it you know on this platform and get the word out um but scott did you get an email from brandon on helping out or doing anything tanner No. Just hold on. Let me check. Just let yeah, me I check did. my email. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I didn't either. I did. I did. Yeah.
2: Chatterton. Oh, we're having it. That's all totally right. That's involved. cool. And just so you Luke Luke know, I put, it, I put it in our chat. So you actually both did.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jason, <laughs> you know what? You might have been busy smashing down some Hey All Southern Iced Teas when you got that message. You may have missed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Still waiting for that hey. delivery, actually. Speaking of which. Tea.
0: Speaking of which, hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka-based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a hey, y'all, Southern Iced Tea while taking in the main bull riding event or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey, y'all, Southern Iced Teas, the official refreshment
3: beverage of the NFP podcast. That was,
2: well, a, that was a heck of a segue. Yeah. You, know Not bad.
3: you know what I was going to say, though, Jason, to that is – that we were actually considering um, having Scott come as one of the coaches. So I went out the other day to his bullfighting school to evaluate him on his coaching.
1: Yeah. But
3: then he left. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, and uh, and that and I that,
1: And I had to get some hair lip to fill in for me while I was <laughs> gone. So,
3: but <laughs> Prescott did do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, and right. he's
1: not even here to defend no. himself. Uh, Um, A a serious question I do have, fellas, is, is there a fee, um, is there a fee to take the spring training?
2: Yeah, so um, we wanted, we need, we need to recoup some of our costs. And I mean, having sponsors like, you know, Proceed OHS and Acumen as a sponsor, and obviously our presenting sponsor, the foundation. Um, And that's why Keenan kind of said, like, as a not-for-profit, we're able to kind of get some partners like this um, to keep our costs low. So, I mean, for everything that you're, for everything that they're going to get, it's only 250 bucks for the weekend. Holy cow! I mean, it would only cost you, it would cost you 250 bucks to go see an Olympic nutritionist for sure for one session. And you're going to get all of that. Plus the testing, plus the concussion baseline testing and everything that goes in with it, plus the performance testing. And then we're going to sit down after the Saturday and build you, um, specific programs that you can go and do, um, I mean for 250 bucks it's a no-brainer the actual cost on a weekend like this would probably cost somebody two thousand dollars if they tried to take everything yeah right and we're able to make it as an offer profit we're able to get to 250
1: so good for you guys yeah so
2: is
0: there still spots available how do how do people join us you said it's just open to uh cpra members pbr members right now is there a plan in the future for uh amateur associations kind of everybody in the rodeo world young people uh and is there still spots available right now and how do they open there's, those up there's still a
2: few spots available right now um it is open for cpra and pbr members um first and then we'll fill up any spots with those amateur um athletes and kind of first come first serve as as we as we need to um but i mean we, once we get the formula built, like we have it built, I mean, it's taken quite a few months and man hours to get it built like this, but now that we have the uh, formula built, um, we're willing to definitely put on other weekends, right. Mm -hmm. We get enough interest from amateur athletes. We have no problem, you know, figuring out another weekend to do another one and then another one and then another one. And And, I mean, that's, that's kind of what Keenan was saying about building this, this, um, the strength conditioning and nutrition and, kind of mental health kind of side of it is I want to be able to have, you know, a strength and condition coach in Brandon, in PA, in Saskatoon, you know, that we all know that if, if uh, we trust them, right, like if our sport medicine team trusts them, that uh, the Cowboys and and, uh, cowgirls are going to trust them too. So you become part of that, that whole kind of network and then we can put on conferences for those guys and they can feed off each other and, you know, get better at, at creating rodeo athletes and, and kind of how we want. But yeah, I would I would like to see in the future where there's one and all, you know, one of these kind of spread out all over so you don't have to travel so far. But I mean, COVID's kind of got us handcuffed as to how many people we could have. Um, so we kind of built it with the restrictions based on now so we could still have it even if nothing opens up. Um, but yeah, there's definitely... Definitely lots on the go as far as if we have enough interest to put on another one and, and go from there for sure. How Let's do you sign up for
0: those to this dates? One. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, Tanner, you're good. Oh, you're good. Oh, yeah. How do you, how do you sign up for this one? Exactly. Yeah. And like as Jason, sorry, I cut you off Jason, but yeah. Dates for to. this one. Dates <laughs> for this one. How do you get signed up? Give us the details. The for dates are, the, dates are
2: the 8th and 9th. Um, It'll be held at Acumen Performance Center in, um, in the south of Calgary. Um, and to get signed up it's basically you can send me an email rodeo injuries at gmail.com or you can go and see all the details on our website um, pro rodeosportmed.com and uh, be able to get get all the information there
1: well as always Brandon um, you know you and your team and, and Keenan I can't imagine the hours and hours you guys have put into this just to to get it off the ground and uh, kudos to you guys because uh, you know, we talk about building the sport and, and uh, that starts right there. So awesome job. I'm, I'm proud of you guys. It's awesome.
0: Definitely. So, so Brandon, obviously um, you know, we can go into this a little bit further as well, but um, the type Ozoban foundation being the presenting sponsor of this camp and, and the amount that the foundation and, and sports medicine team go back and forth is the, is the mental health and concussion side of this uh, a big part of it?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the the more so that the psychologist that we're bringing in, she's going to do a mental performance piece. And so because it's a performance camp, we kind of wanted to gear it towards the actual performance versus kind of that, you know, the mental health side of it. But at the same time, it's all it's all so ingrained that she's going to talk about transitions. She's going to talk about, you know, um, you know, feeling good, feeling great, not feeling good, what to do kind of all those sorts of things. And then, yeah, the concussion baseline side of the testing, I mean, we're going to, that's something that's important to all of us. Um, and so we're going to continue to do that. And then, you know, again, it's only 20 guys, but that's 20 less or 20 more than we had before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I wish we could have a hundred, right. And do it right. But unfortunately all- that is a part of it, but yeah.
1: But you know what? Um, you got your 20 guys. They all travel in a truckload with four or five other guys. And, you know, there's going to be some stuff rub off on the rest of the Absolutely. traveling partners. And, you no, know, I, I I like well, what not, you yeah. guys are doing here. I,
2: that's I think kind of the way that we wanted to build it, too, right? The education part on the Sunday. Um, we don't want to just say... Here's a nutrition plan. This is what you should eat for breakfast. This is what you should eat for lunch. This is what you should eat for supper. We want to teach you the why, right? So this nutritionist had no idea about rodeo, none. She works with speed skaters and Olympic speed skaters and downhill skiers and whatever, but she took the opportunity. I bet you I was on the phone with her for an hour and a half. She wanted to know everything there was to know about the rodeo lifestyle and how people like Scott eat on the road and, you know. (laughs) all that sort of stuff so that she could actually build.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, you got a great point. So Brando, she could because... actually
2: build it for them so that she could teach them on how to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. not just the, here's your plan, go do it. Because if you get swayed off for one second, you don't know how to get back onto it or yeah. why you would get back onto it. But um, so yeah, you're right. Then that education piece says, you know, that that guy gets says to something, you know, they start talking about it in the truck and then away they go. Right? Can, I get, her, can,
1: I, can a... I get her number? Can I get her number so she can <laughs> add a filet of fish at the bottom of that, uh, <laughs> that menu?
0: I like that side of it though, Brandon, with the, the why, because we've learned it on this podcast a lot too. And especially I would, I can talk for bull riders is you tell somebody, Hey, you have to eat this way and do this that way we'll just be like, fuck, fuck off. I do what yeah. I want to do, yeah. right? If you don't explain yeah. it to them, show them the the hard evidence of how this is good for you and what this does for you, you just try to shove it down their throat. They're going to say, yeah, yeah. I don't want to fucking hear it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do things my way. So that's that's pretty cool to be able to do it that I, way.
2: I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we bring in guys like Mike Keisha, who has 10 years with the New York Yankees. If he tells you to do something and he was the one that was telling – you know, Derek Jeter, how to do things. Yeah. You might want to listen to him. Yeah. And then he tells you the, why he does it It takes that buy-in even further. Right. And so you get the right people to teach it the right way. Your buy-in is so much better. Yeah. But you know,
3: to add to that though, Tanner, I think the question about the, the, you know, mental side of it and the mental health, it's, it's the same on the uh, the side of the mental health side as it is any other injury, right? Is you have to prepare, you have to get your mind in the right place before you ever start competing and, or while you are competing. And this is part of it, right? That's why we're bringing in and to, to do this with these guys for their preparation, but also, as you know, it better than anybody, it, the physical preparation, uh, has an effect on, on your mental health as well. And, oh. uh, and your diet. And so, you know, I said, th- the big thing for me was, uh, kind of when I was rodeo and I always boxed and I was boxing with guys that were going, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to box for with bill page and he was training guys to go to the Olympics. And these guys were training eight to 10 hours a day, seeing nutritionists, seeing sports psychologists, and they were boxing for free. They were not making a living doing this, right? And so it always stuck out to me like, man, that's amazing to me that they would put that much time and effort into this as an amateur. And uh, man, those guys were, you could not like break them. They were so mentally tough as amateur boxers going to the Olympics. And that was a big thing for me is like, we, we have to get these guys in the sport of rodeo and especially bow riding as tough as it is on those guys' body we have to get them prepared both mentally and physically and we're, we're just not doing enough to to you know i said scott and i and jason and some of the more old schoolers were like hey uh, do, you, do you run do you work out like that was like the mentality right it's like no well kind of i ran to make sure i didn't miss my ride but i
1: ran to the beer gardens you after know the last
0: Ran by. to the hey y'all stand
1: it's- well I, I don't know about you fuckers but i was out doing my run while you guys are still sleeping i was just back at the hotel before oh you- right so- and okay. hacking, darts, hacking yeah. darts along the way <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Stop hey, to have a cigarette is, every every kilometer this is pretty this is gold too and as you talk about that keen and that mental side of it in my career working out all that uh, extra stuff i hated every fucking minute of it but i knew that if i sacrificed in those times and i i did shit that i didn't want to do it would elevate me and i felt like i could beat anybody out there so just signing up for this camp If I was still riding bulls, this would be something that I would do, sign up for this camp, knowing that I put in the time, I put in the effort behind the scenes, that nobody's fucking working my ass off so that I'm ahead of everybody else so that as soon as that bull runs in the chute, I know that I've put everything there is possible into winning that day. And it just gives you that extra confidence and lets you be able to win.
1: Well said, Tanner. Absolutely.
0: Okay, cool. So, uh, so what's the end goal with it all? Do you guys, uh, I know you talked about it, doing more and, and growing, but, um, you know, we've, we've talked Brandon lots with, with the sports medicine team and, uh, just doing everything there is physically possible for for rodeo and western lifestyle athletes uh do you guys feel like this is a step in the right direction and there's some there's there's big things to come and and a big future for the sports medicine team type bond foundation everybody working together to make this this world a better place for western lifestyle athletes
2: yeah i i think i mean when i first started in 2003 um i think we went to 10 events maybe right 2000 we'll take out 2020 but 2019 we went to 180 days of rodeo or bull riding Um, so we're doing the service piece and we're doing it well and we're getting that piece of it and I think this is the piece that we've been missing um, that we haven't done well and the development side of it and moving that piece forward there's always going to be the service side of it but this education and research and development piece that we're going to start to do um, I think it it's going to help us be leaders in the, in the industry, um, and only, only help us to further the development of the sport and, and the sustainability of rodeo and bull riding in the future. Um, I'm super excited for where our team's headed. Um, and I think that there's, there's going to be nothing better than, than, uh, making it all worthwhile coming down the pipe.
0: Keenan, you got anything to add to that or are you kind of, we're all on the same page moving forward.
3: Yeah, I think the only thing is like we were talking about already though is is this is hopefully going to keep developing and will, you know, the the greatest thing about sport medicine is is they're not um the the pbr they're not the cpra they're not the afca or the cca or whoever uh we're a neutral party that our best interests are for the cowboys or the cowgirls the athletes doesn't matter and for the sport so we just want to see it grow we want to see this program grow into something that's going to support the development and the preparation and safety and overall health of the competitors which if you play hockey professionally, you have you have that team of people all the time, and we just need to keep building on that team of people for these rodeo athletes.
0: Hundred yeah. percent.
2: I think our I think our biggest ability um, and one of the things that we do best is the, our ability to bring everybody together because we're not affiliated with anything. We can bring in, you know, whether it be organizations or people people that have like-mindedness to all of this, we can find those people, source them out, bring it together, and it only helps us be stronger.
1: Bam. You know, a, a lot like a lot like Dexter and Dale did however many years ago with the tape in the trunk of the car, you guys are loading up that car again and, and, and taking it by far to the next level. And uh, yeah, it's cool to see innovation. And if it did come out of COVID, so be it, we'll take it, right? Absolutely. And One more
0: time, dates, and how to sign up for this camp.
2: 8th and 9th, Acumen Performance Center in Calgary, um, www.prorodeosportmed.com, um, or email me at injuries at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get you signed up.
0: Broken roots. Okay. Before we get to our um, interview with Jess Lockwood here, now that we have our sweet guests on, you guys, you, can, you might like this one. I don't know if you got the stuff yet, but you're going to want it after this. Flowers are blooming. The grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about bowel trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code NFP20 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. You guys got any uh, Manscaped stuff yet or are we going to have to line you up
1: with some?
3: Yeah, I've not uh, not don't have any. That's really that was enlightening actually. It was it's, it's
1: worth it's worth uh it's worth a checkout. Like, it's, uh, yeah. I'm not going to get into I do it the old school way, so maybe some new school stuff might help. Oh, yeah. Less painful, Brando. Oh. Less painful. No nicks. Yeah. No it nicks. took
0: a minute to, like, to be like, you know, take it seriously. And then once we got the stuff, and oh, we started, yeah. we started, it's like, oh, yeah. This is yeah. what we needed. Yeah. And- like,
1: Keenan, <laughs> Keenan, yours will last like a good 25 years because you <laughs> only got six hair in your body. <laughs> um <laughs> Now, Brando, you may want to get two packages. Is it, right off the yeah. it yeah. like
3: electric or what is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: no, it's we a... can't tell you. You got to, you got to order <laughs> NFP 20. <laughs> yeah.
4: Great. NFP 20, Kino. Right. I'm telling you,
1: you can go in the shower in the dark, water running, and it's frigging cool. There's no more. St- yeah, it, they're, they're nice, man. You got to <laughs> yeah, get
0: one. It's cool. Yeah. It's a ball trimmer, Kino. Yeah. And there's, see, <laughs> There's more to it though,
3: you did, but yeah,
0: yeah, there's <laughs> more to it. It's, it's, it's for all manscaping, not just for your balls. Have you heard of their weed whacker? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin, safe technology, which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the
1: wind. You guys might be too young to even know what they're about, but they're coming. No one's Hears? ears. Oh, I got ears. Oh, yeah. I oh, don't have your ears yet.
0: Shit. Yeah, I'm a nose. They're hair. red,
1: but they're there. <laughs> Brando Brando was growing nose hair when he was six months old. For <laughs> sake. When you go to
2: schnoz like this, I've been growing them forever.
0: Oh, that's good. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20, capitalized NFP, at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Boom. Manscaped. So, guys, we're going to have to uh, get you both back on to talk about um, not just uh, this spring training camp, but Brandon about the the foundation, Keenan, some Calgary Stampede stuff. So uh, we appreciate you guys hopping on here quick during the intro to to get this out there. And hopefully we can get that filled up. And as you guys say, grow this bigger and better and and, uh, really change things and revolutionize things for for Western lifestyle athletes. So we definitely appreciate what you guys are up to.
1: Yeah. Good job, fellas. I'd rather yep. Thanks, uh,
3: fishing and my uh, favorite uh, apparel when I'm out fishing, Wrangler ATG.
0: Long live Cowboys. Long live Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, well, we right. appreciate it uh, Thanks, very much. hundred percent. We're going to yep, roll it you. now to our interview with the world champion, jess lockwood
2: we are going to go downstairs and join them kate harrison is downstairs right now with your pbr world champion jess lockwood
1: jess lockwood congratulations in 2017 you became the youngest world champ in pbr history and now you're the youngest two-time world champion in pbr history
4: how special is this moment? Oh, man, I, I thought I was lost for words for the first one, and now I, I literally don't know what to say on this one. I'm just completely speechless.
2: Oh, and here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. Going to make it one more time officially for your 2019 PBR World Champion, Jess Lockwood.
0: Our guest today really needs no intro, but we'll give him one anyway. The youngest champion of the world, the youngest two-time champion of the world, rookie of the year, World Finals winner, one of the best to ever play the game in the PBR, yet he's only 23 years old. From Volberg, Montana, Jess Lockwood. Lockwood, how you doing today?
4: Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Thanks We're for joining good. us. Yes, well, thanks, thanks
0: for, for coming on. Me. Thanks for coming on, man. So, uh, where are you at right now?
4: Uh, just got done feeding cattle around uh, my place in the home ranch and just got back to my place.
0: So, are you are you healthy right now? Are you riding right now or you've had some injuries throughout this this season to start with? Can you touch on those a little bit to yeah. get us going off <laughs> hell, the hop?
4: <laughs> yeah, hell, it's been a little bit of everything, but you know, nothing too bad. I broke my jaw and I actually get these damn braces taken off tomorrow here in montana um, got my hand stepped on messed it all up broke a joint my finger but you know man just small stuff so it ain't been it ain't been nothing
1: nothing a broken too. jaw there jess uh, what were you weighing before you broke your jaw and what were you weighing after they took the wires off because i know no, a, man. Good, a good wind in montana could probably take you to north dakota
4: so honestly this is the easiest broke jaw ever um shoot i I'm my wrestling background. I like to keep my weight at 130 and I probably walk around at 133 or four. So really it's just eating right for me and getting in my hot workout shed and staying in shape. But when I broke this jaw, I broke it clean, like just right at the hinge. And so they didn't do any invasive surgery and put a plate in. They didn't want to wire me shut. All they did was put these braces on and they got spots for uh, rubber bands to go on. So And I did all right with it, you know, for about the first month and a half. uh, I put the rubber bands on, had them on at all times. Then after that, and I could eat from the day after surgery, just nothing too hard. Um, Just take those rubber bands off and go with it. But then at about a month and a half, I was like, you know what, piss on it. And I just, I just quit wearing the rubber bands. And my checkup two weeks ago, he said it healed perfectly fine. So uh, it's time to take them off.
1: Good to
0: go. Okay, what about that? Touch on that. So we've had some guys on the pod, Justin McBride included, and he talks about wrestling in his background and how much it's helped him be uh, be a champion bull rider. And maybe not necessarily in the sense of riding, but also the mental aspect of it. Is that something that that you really really go back to all the time as your wrestling background when it comes to bull riding?
4: Absolutely. If I don't think if. if I didn't wrestle, I don't think I'd have the success that I have had because that's where my work ethic comes from. And, uh, just the fact that starting out wrestling at five years old and my, I quit my junior year so I could get, prepare myself for, uh, turning 18, going to the PBRs, um, that long wrestling, you know, it's, it's not a team sport. It's you're out on the mat and you're matched up against someone that wants to win as well. So it's just a, It's just like bull riding. It's a fight from the start, and there's no one else to hold accountable but yourself if you lose. You can't say, like, oh, well, my coach didn't help me. It's like, no, BS. You're out there on the mat, and you're up against someone. So whatever you do, if you win, great job. It's all because of what you did. If you lose, it's all because of what you did as well
1: yeah and with and with wrestling there's a lot of agility i know i wrestled in high school as well and i fucking was, bet did you i did, <laughs> I, did.
4: I did hey
1: i was number one in the prince albert my uh, weight category boys so hey Holy fuck may, I learned maybe, something new every day maybe jess we'll just flip a mat out someday and we'll just have a little go-to and see if uh, north can beat south hey eh?
4: Yeah, uh, let me retire first and put on some weight before we go at it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough,
1: fair enough. But, yeah, but, but it does help with your agility. Like in wrestling, there's so many different moves, so much twisting and turning and keeping your shoulder blades off the mat and stuff like that. It, it's got to play into your uh, agility while you're on top of a bull. Am I correct?
4: Oh, yeah. Shoot. And the biggest thing to me with wrestling that uh, – so my high school wrestling coach, he's – from uh from here small town guy and just a rancher you know too and he's he, uh, he tried out bull riding and whatnot he's like I sucked at it but I tried it and me and him since he knew we were I rode bulls um we always talked about hips and how big of a part it is in both sports to be a good wrestler you have to have great hips that's where all your movement comes from and translated over to bull riding same exact thing if if your hips aren't right, you're obviously not in the right position. So good hips in both sports plays a big part.
1: I think, yeah, exactly. didn't you, that was kind of well-documented, the role your your wrestling coaches had on your career, right, hey, Jess? If I recall, was there not some, maybe it was your uh, your own social media posts or did the PBR not do something um, uh, uh, right up on you? And, and you did give props to your, your high school uh, and, and, I guess, junior high uh, wrestling coach.
4: Yeah, I've done that uh, plenty of times, giving props to him, But uh, Vermeer, one of my sponsors last year, actually, or two years ago, they came out to the ranch for like three days and we did all sorts of short clips, you know, like three, four minute videos. They spent four days here and mashed them up into different parts. Some over at the home place doing ranch and stuff, bailing with the Vermeer. But we did one that uh, was all wrestling and how it translates into my bull riding and then I went in, um, they had an open gym for the wrestlers before the season started in August or something. So I went in with the wrestling coach and we rolled around and got a good workout in. It was, it was freaking cool.
0: Yeah, that's nice. badass. Okay, speaking of sponsors, now that you brought that up, is it true that when you went to the high school finals and you were sponsored by Stanley D. Welt, that they, had to fucking, they sponsored the high school finals so that you could wear your gear at the high school finals?
4: dude, you damn right. It was the funniest (laughs) shit ever. So going into the state finals, you know, no one gave a shit and I make, make it to nationals. And, uh, I asked Brandon Bates, my agent, I was like, so what's the deal here? Like, um, can I wear my Stanley stuff or what? He's like, let me check into it. And he called me back. He's like, so I talked to like the NHSRA president and all this stuff. He's like, you can't, but I'm going to try talking Stanley into sponsoring the event because then you can wear it. If if they're a sponsor of the high school finals, you can wear it. And sure as shit, they sponsored the high school finals just so I could wear my stuff there.
0: <laughs> ah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, really, oh shit, really that was the coolest you. thing. I bet there's a bunch of parents pissed off and everybody fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. mad.
4: <laughs> well, it was funny because we're checking in and uh, the the guys were just messing with me, but I really didn't realize it when, you know, uh you check into high school finals, you got to take, everyone takes their gear, the bull riders, and they check your gear. And uh, I pull out my Stanley DeWalt shafts and vest, And this guy that's checking, he's like, you can't wear that. And, you know, 18 year old kid, I'm just instantly pissed. It's like, <laughs> fuck you mean? Like they sponsored this just so I could wear this.
0: You know I like, am? No,
4: nah, I don't. That's not. No, I don't work like that. And I was just. I was damn near about to pull my phone out and call Brandon Bates and be like, you give this fucker a talking to Bates and the guy like let it roll for 10, 15 minutes. He's like, Hey, I'm just kidding with you, by the way,
0: Uh... (laughs) your early days. How you got into the sport before your high school rodeo days, you know, your, maybe your junior days or is your family involved? I know you got an an aunt that's a barrel racer, obviously world famous barrel racer and Lisa Lockhart, but, uh, what's your, what's your background in the sport?
4: So, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, mom and dad always rodeoed, uh, dad rode bulls in high school and, uh, got to college and that's when he started riding Bronx and then he pro rodeoed in Bronx. Um, and mom's just always barrel raced and, uh, they joke all the time that I was just, uh, I was just born to do it. Um, a week after I was born, they had rodeos, so they just wrapped me up in the blanket and I was a week old and we hit the rodeo trail.
0: Yeah, that's badass. Did, so did your did, dad did, ride? Did, oh, sorry, Scott, you go ahead.
4: No, I was just going to say,
1: did your dad ever push you more towards Bronx or was it kind of just whatever you wanted to do? He was happy with.
4: Yeah, he was, he was fine with anything. Um, just when I was little, I just, I rode everything around the house as a bull. I just took a liking to bull riding at an early age. And, um, you know, he has old friends, Dan Mortenson, Clint Johnson, one of the just all time great bronc riders that he used to travel with and whatnot. And whenever they met me, when I was younger, they asked if, uh, uh, why I didn't want to try broncs, like coming from being Ed's kid. And I was like, I just, Never took a liking to it. Just, I never even tried it. I've never even been on a saddle bronc, yeah. honestly. And uh, everyone's so surprised because uh, dad used to pro rodeo and do broncs, and I've never tried it.
0: What about brother Jake? Has he ever got on bucking horses? Is he the same thing? You guys just both focused on bull riding, that's it.
4: Same thing. And uh, both of us, honestly, if we're going to be honest on this, because we're fucking scared of those saddle bronc courses i'm,
0: dead ass <laughs> I'm with you
1: yeah of
4: saddle bronc courses no lie like scared of those the shit there's two of things that i'm scared of bulls are big when you get a horse in there that's as fucking tall as the top rail yeah. and the only like there's no easy learning process in saddle broncs it seems like with bull riding when you're learning like bulls are bucking decently enough to where they're going to throw you away it seems like with saddle bronc riding you're going to hang that gosh damn stirrup and flop you on the ground. Like, yeah, Yeah. I just never looked at that. And it's like, yeah, that looks, it looks like something that would be really fun. Yeah.
1: Or over the front end lawn dart. And then they just run right over top. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Oh yeah.
0: High school finals, Stanley DeWalt, we talked about that, but that obviously meant that you were on tour and made the, the, the highest level of bow riding while you're still in high school. Is that something that, that blew your mind or blows your mind to this day? Or was that just natural? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the fucking best.
4: (laughs) You know, my mindset was that I, I expected myself to be there at that age. As soon as I turned 18, I expect myself to be there. And I was honestly kind of pissed off at myself that I didn't make it on tour until April of my senior year. I want, I, I wanted to be there, uh, for the new season, you know, kick it off in Madison Square Garden. And, uh, I didn't get on, uh, tour until April in Sioux Falls, South Dakota was my first one, but, uh, but yeah. And, uh, Bates, he was kind of harping on me the whole time because he got me Stanley DeWalt before I even made it on tour. And he said, that's something that's re- I don't know if it's ever been done. And, uh, he was really kind of on my ass to get on tour. And, uh, because I had that sponsor already, he's like, you got to get on tour if you want to make it worth it. So it was, uh, it was he a wanted, lot of pressure, it felt like, he at that He just wanted his cut. He just
0: wanted his cut.
4: Yeah, no shit, right? But, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I did put a lot of pressure on myself at first, and then kind of around March that year, I kind of got in the mindset of, it's like, fuck it, it's bull riding. Like, I'm just here to have fun. And that's when everything really started getting a lot easier. You know, you can put too much pressure on yourself, but when you start having fun with it and do it, because uh, back to when you were a little kid, you started because it was fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you guys remember Jess Jess came to the Cooper Clooney Memorial PBR in Prince Albert? That would be, when uh, you're 23, that'd be five years ago. Do you remember being in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Jess? I think you
0: fucked that up. I don't think you did. Nope. I nope. had him supposed there? to be, this is a good story as well. I had or did him he come to, to
1: Lethbridge, when he, when he maybe? Turned out. <laughs> maybe he come yeah. to Lethbridge.
4: Gosh damn. I can't remember what my first Canadian event ever was. I remember, I remember... I don't remember where it was, but I remember the bulls I got on and everything. And uh, I got on that liquid fire and everyone was kind of talking him up. And I was like, fuck, yeah, let's go. That fucker bucked me off in like one (laughs) something second. It didn't go well.
1: I wasn't going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. But yeah, I remember it didn't go well. I don't give
4: a damn. But yeah, I was like. it does that was Lethbridge. Maybe it was Lethbridge. Okay, my
1: bad. My bad.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that, uh, you know, even coming from Montana, the north, you know, like we got, we got big bulls here. But Canada is a whole different story. And we joke about it all the time. when we see a huge bull down here. Oh, it must be a Canadian bull. <laughs> but uh, that liquid fire rolled in. And it looked like his fucking hump had four basketballs in it. And I was like, good uh, God.
0: And was mean well, what, too, that sucker. Well,
1: speaking of big big Canadian bulls, the one you won the ranchman's on uh, of Nansen's old. Uh, oh, shit. blow me away. Blow me away. Blow me- <laughs> yeah.
4: If I could get that bull at my house. Oh, man. That is he's yep. the coolest sucker ever and he came out of the shoots and like the first round i made with him i was like oh shit like he's a bull it feels like you have to spur to make feel good otherwise you're just gonna get caught sitting down he's gonna make you look dumb and then i started spurring him gosh damn that bull was fun and spur you then did gave you Tanner guys... a high five after damn Col- right yeah. Kobe
1: moore's got a great picture of that um Kobe must oh, yeah. have been laying on the ground, I think, and he's shooting up. I'm not sure if you've ever saw that picture, Jess. We'll make sure we get it up on Shit, the intro. Shit, I got, got that yeah, picture got above
4: it. my fireplace <laughs> in my second living room of the house. I blew it up in a canvas. This yeah. son of a bitch is like four mm-hmm. foot long by three feet high.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's ah, yeah. you know, So you're always thinking about us up here then, eh? Every time oh, yeah. you go to the fireplace. Good. Good to Damn hear. right.
0: He's thinking about the ranchman's is what he's thinking about. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> have Have you uh, Have you noticed um, in your travels that the Canadian bulls are slightly more mean than the south, like than the bulls from the U.S.? Have you noticed that we have a little bit of hook to every bull?
4: Slightly. What the hell are you talking about? Those sons of bitches will kill you.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, they're little, especially uh,
4: when Nansen brings those young ones of his. Oh, God, yeah. that one year at Ranchman's where that one just terrorized the whole place. Good God.
0: Tore it down. Hey, speaking of Ranchman's, have you ever uh, overdone it with JB at the Ranchman's?
4: Yeah, just uh, just a couple times. Actually, just once. But so, okay, yeah, this is good story time yep. for this one. Yep. So this is a perfect place to talk about this. I love it. Yep. So my first <laughs> yes year it in Calgary, is. 2017, um... You know, it's about a month out from the Stampede and I don't have a hotel room or nothing. And uh, I called JB and I'm like, JB, where, uh, where, where should I stay at Ranchman's? I mean, at Calgary, he said, uh, Carriage House. I said, OK. So I go and book my room at Carriage House and uh, I get to Calgary up there and I look across the street and Ranchman's is there. <laughs> and I asked JB, I'm like, why Carriage House? He said, because Ranchman's is across the street. So it gets – I'm pool A. He's pool B. So I get done riding. He shows up, and I see him the first day of pool B. He goes, we're going to Ranchman's. So it wasn't until the last day of pool B, because I avoided JB the whole time. And the last day of pool B, he catches me up at the tent at the stampede, and he's like, all right, you little fucker. We're going to Ranchman's tonight. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So – we do a little pre-gaming at the hotel bar and head over to Ranchman's. And it uh, was me, JB, Samantha, my buddy Weston. And uh, I can't remember if it was Jake or Jesse, right? But we walk in and uh, JB orders these pitchers of vodka Red Bull. <laughs> I was like, shit, yeah, we'll sit down and pour up some drinks. And he hands it to us. And he's like, drink up. And he starts drinking out of this pitcher. I'm like, yeah. holy fuck, we're drinking out of the pitchers and then he goes if he he looks at me and he says if you don't finish uh, years before I finish mine you got to drink twice as much for me tonight so i shit you not me and him chug- had a chugging contest right then and there of a pitcher of vodka red bull and mm. it didn't take us but 30 seconds to finish this thing and i it oh god it hit me and i was like <laughs> oh my god and then we proceeded I, to drink probably Three more pictures of that, so you and can. And don't drink a whole
0: lot, like you're out. not a guy that, that that rolls or parties. Like you're the opposite of that, right? So this was probably yeah.
4: Like I don't, I don't go out a whole lot. You know, when I do, yeah, I damn sure have fun, but uh, I'm not a regular. So no. yeah, that's probably so what, got what got you on the
0: mechanical bucking bull.
4: Yeah, I did, I got on that mechanical bucking bull, <laughs> may or may not have been with another person backwards, and uh, and then, yeah, I had some fun on that thing.
0: I just got some ranchman stories, but we can get through them quickly while we're, while we're chatting. Then we'll get back into the real stuff, but that's kind of what this is about is the funny story. So
4: exactly.
0: What about outlaw? Didn't you and outlaw get after it too at the ranchman's one year?
4: Oh <laughs> yes. So that was 2019 <laughs> yeah. and, uh, fucking poor McDonald's man. Like great business investment, putting McDonald's right there at ranchman's yep. and, uh, we go from ranchman's to McDonald's and, uh. I can't remember exactly what all happened inside. Some fight broke out. One of the things that's so damn funny. um, Ranchman's was, I mean, McDonald's was packed after Ranchman's, and we're in there just ordered some food and this and that. And there's people that have been there forever. And uh, this lady that had been waiting around for like 30 some minutes gets this big order of food and goes up and grabs the tray. And some (laughs) drunk bastard is right there and just, fucking flips her whole tray and oh, all her foods oh, on the floor dude. this poor uh, bastard uh, she'd been waiting for her food for 40 minutes then some drunk guy just ruined it all for her <laughs> but yeah bastard. we uh me and outlaw played some football out in the parking lot
0: yeah and then did you guys <laughs> didn't you did you get in uh what did you do you got in the the tractor or something and worked up the arena
4: the skid steer i didn't get in the arena you know the arena was closed and locked yeah. but uh yeah, I did get in the skid steer and do a little dirt work behind the chutes. <laughs> I don't uh, know who left the keys, but yeah. the way uh, I see it, that's, that's, yeah. I don't know. Jason, maybe take the keys out next time because I'll yeah, we'll we'll get to, in that thing and start. We'll have, have up. to bring
1: that up with Blaine for sure yeah, for the next yeah. one.
0: <laughs> oh, that happens. Uh, every, I never got even heard matchup. about
1: that, actually. So, no, you, you know has. what? You obviously left it the way you found it, Jess, which I appreciate. Thank you for that. Everybody Yeah, got I was the just working it up. You know, we got a good rain yeah. that day, and I wanted
4: to make sure it was aerated. <laughs>
0: you know, on top of the Ranchman's being a great time, but the Calgary Stampede's the freaking greatest outdoor show on earth, and lots of people's favorite rodeos. You've had great success there. Um, talk about your your first round win and then the crazy, obviously, the, the victory lap that you had to go through. But, yeah,
4: just maybe touch yeah. I was like, you're shitting me. So <laughs> I went first first round ever there, uh, Calgary for me in 2017, I had a great bowl of Tesla's goosebumps and, uh, rode them and won the round. And, uh, I get on that victory lap horse and, you know, they take you straight from the, uh, your ride over there pretty much if you're winning it. So I got, I'm all strapped up still boots, spurs, everything. And I hop on this horse and get him in the arena. And I just touched him with my bull riding spurs. This son of a bitch flipped his shit and just goes to not bucking hard, just, you know, crow hopping out through there. And I'm trying to woe him up and I get on his mouth and this starts raring up just high ho silver in it out there. And I've got the rankest picture of this sucker just vertical. And I'm holding on the saddle and I'm gritting my teeth.
2: Oh, gosh, damn.
4: That's one of the greatest pictures I've got.
1: Well, and that just reiterates the fact why you did not want to be a saddle bronc rider. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: They go to bucking like that. I, I shit you not, I was so nervous when that fucker started bucking. Like, I just won the round. If I get bucked off this horse, I'll never live it down.
1: No. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And then, yeah. so the next few days, you just focused on win a second so you yeah. didn't have to get on that horse, huh?
4: <laughs> Ended up on the horse again, but uh, <laughs> this time I pretty much was... Flaring my legs out to the side, making sure not to touch him with the spurs. Yeah, there just give go. just give
1: him his head. No little tap on the ass with the right hand. <laughs> <laughs> your bull
0: riding career within within the PBRs, youngest world champion, now youngest two time world champion. When did you? You said you always had the confidence to to be the best, but when did you? When did it really come into your mind that hey, I'm I'm could be a world champion? That that first world championship run when did you really start believing Um, in that and going for that
4: you know 2016 the second half um I was real confident you know I got the first when I first came on tour I was still just a high school kid so I wasn't I was serious about it but I wasn't putting in that real type of work even though I still had, had my wrestling background and everything you know I'd still work out but um over the summer and going into the second half, I was freaking hitting it hard and busting some ass. And uh, second half of the 2016, I did really well. And going into the World Finals, I ended up uh, being in the top five. And But 2016 World Finals, I didn't ride a single bull. So my confidence went down. And then bust my ass in the off season for 2017. And really, when uh, we went to New York City in 2017 and I won that, and placed the next two and then won Sacramento a couple of weeks after and was uh, uh, number one in the world and just kind of on fire and felt great. I really – that's kind of when it came into my mind that I can really hang with these guys, not only just top five, but I can – I should be Win at it. the top. I can be at the top anyways.
0: <laughs> not bad. <Winning>. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? Do it, winning and uh, doing that? Yeah. <laughs> So that that's your your first um, world title year. Is there there was injuries and stuff that went along with it? It wasn't like you just ran away with it all season. It was ups and downs, correct?
4: Yeah, shoot, uh, Iron Cowboy that year, um, and of course it had to happen on this fucking bull, man. It uh, mm-hmm. I had brown sugar first oh. round of the Iron Cowboy. Nice and muley. What's that? Nice muley. Oh God. Yeah. And I was so excited, but, and this all transpired from uh, the weekend before when I got on long John and he just made me look like a pussy. He just ripped the rope out of my hand first jump and he stepped damn near on my dick. And it was uh, it was a little scary, but he stepped on me and uh, he he had to have messed stuff up then because um, uh, I nod my head on brown sugar at iron cowboy he comes out and I squeezed and my groin just popped. Oh. And then he turns around the corner and that was the leg that I needed to use. And I was just off. So I tore my groin there. And uh, then I thought I'd be a tough guy. And the American was the next day. And I was like, there's no fucking way that I'm not riding in the American, just groin wrap me up and uh, groin wrap me up and have bull at the American turn out of the chutes and not even shit. you, i fell off right then, pissed my pants a little because it hurt so bad. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. went to squeeze, just yeah. pissed my pants a little bit. And <laughs> it was so fucking, oh, and man. then I had to sit out for dang near three months, uh, nursing that. And then, uh, you know, there was just other small stuff, but a big, a big thing to me of that season that sticks out was, uh, um, New York city. I got or not New York city, but long Island, New York, I had gotten stepped on. And broke four ribs, punctured and collapsed lung and uh, lacerated my liver, I think it was. Oh, Stetson Lawrence bad. drove me home from there. And uh, then from there, it was like there were two events left before the world finals. And tried riding at them and just felt like shit. Like, I wasn't hurting too bad, but I just wasn't riding very good. So then I'm sitting at home and it's the, that day, the entries for the velocity finals were, uh, uh closing and it was like 30 minutes before they closed and I'm laying on the couch and I can recall it so perfectly and Cody Lambert called me and he's like we were talking he's like you enter the velocity finals I said no I'm kind of just gonna rest until the world finals he said well are you hurting I'm like no not really but I just I don't know I just not too confident He's like, well, fucking go fix it at the Velocity Finals. So, 30 minutes left to closing on entries. I entered it, and uh, I ended up winning the first round of Velocity Finals, uh, placed in all the other rounds, and bucked off in the short round, but I ended up second in that. That gave me enough world points to move up, like, two spots. And so I went into the World Finals, like, third, and had all the confidence in the world from doing so good at Velocity Finals. And I honestly can say – I. If I didn't go to the velocity finals that year, I don't think I would have won the world in 2017. Damn. Oh, so all this negative talk in the last
1: 19 pods about Cleet, now we're going to prop him up.
0: No, there hasn't been negative talking all of them. No, I know,
1: I know. We always, <laughs> Cleet, Cleet, Cleet gets a shout out almost every every bull rider we have on here. Cleet stands he? up. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, for sure.
0: But this will be a good one to ask you, Jess, on it. What like? What's your he was obviously huge and instrumental in, in your career. You lived with him when you first got on tour. What's your insights on, on Cody Lambert for everybody?
4: He's a big bear. Yeah. He, uh, he's a teddy bear. Like, so, um, 2015 in September, I turned 18 and then by, I started going to, I went to a couple touring pros right away and, uh, it, I think uh, November, December of that year is when Brandon Bates kind of talked with him. And that's when I went and started staying with Cody Lambert down there. And what's so funny to me is everyone was like, oh, he's a dick, he's mean, he's this, he's that. And uh, I didn't get to see the side of Cody Lambert that everyone knows. I've, I've seen the at-home Cody Lambert with his nephew, um, I mean, his grandson, uh, his son Riley, that's the Cody Lambert. I knew before I knew the Cody Lambert at the bull Riddins. and, uh, just a big teddy bear, you know, he gave me some shit when I showed up, but nothing like, I was like, why does everyone think he's so bad? But, uh, so it was funny. The first event I made it on tour in Sioux falls, um, Lambert's there and he's shoot boss, you know, and I remember it to a T because I know Cody Lambert as big teddy bear family, man. And it was JB on, um, uh, he had some bull of tadpole backs yeah. and tadpole reached down because the bull was leaning on the outside and grabbed his tail to pull him over. And this bull went to bucking in there. And that's when it messed JB up, you know, before he got on Pearl Harbor yeah. and Lambert comes over. And I had never heard this man use words like this to tadpole. <laughs> and I was like, Holy shit. Okay. Whoa. I see what everyone's talking about now. I know what uh, everyone else sees that I had never seen.
0: Oh, that's funny. So, those guys like just do you think that that really propelled you just being around living with Cody Lambert being around McBride JW Hart Ross Coleman that that whole crew that is is together quite a bit around there did that propel you to to get to a world championship early, or just give you the confidence that these guys believe in me so I should believe in myself or were they fucking hard on you and, and made you not be a pussy year how did that all tra- transpire
4: oh yeah so I always had a good mindset, you know, and, uh, like they said, I've always rode good, but, uh, yeah, they just pretty much made me even tougher, you know, hold myself more accountable because, you know, when I've grown up, you know, you could draw a bad bull that sucks or something and you get back there and it's like, you know, you're supposed to ride him, but you're still like, Oh, that bull sucked. Uh, oh, well, fuck it. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, one time I told like this, I had this bull that, that did, he did suck and he bucked me off at some velocity. And I got back from the weekend and showed Lambert the video. And I'm like, he kind of sucked. And he said, he looked at me all funny, you know, how Lambert does. And he said, well, if he sucked that, what the hell does that make you? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Okay. So no even excuses. if they suck, you're supposed to fucking yeah. mount up. But yeah, uh, yeah they uh, just made myself, made me hold myself accountable. And they'll tell you that I knew how to ride from day one, but it's just little things they helped me with. Like, just like that, holding yourself more accountable and you're supposed to ride everything. So no reason you shouldn't. Yes. We didn't ask at, at the start.
1: So, you know, we talked about your dad being an influence, obviously professional saddle bronc rider and whatnot. And you talked about Dan Mortensen and, and, uh, and those kind of guys who, who was your role model as a youngster growing up, um, in Boulderberg Like who, who did you look up to? You are obviously able to watch PBR and TV, you know, at a young age, was it a PBR rider? Was it a, was it a Montana bull rider that you got to be around as a kid? Who, who was the major influence on you?
4: You know, of course my dad. Um, but then really Chris Shivers was my favorite rider growing up. Um, just, I mean, who, you can't not like Chris Shivers, you know, the style he has and, uh, how well he's done. Um, he was someone in the PBR whenever he was up. That was who I was sitting there watching right there at the screen.
1: Yeah, well, right. It's true, champ. Pretty, pretty good role model.
0: Not bad. Yeah. So the first first year that you win the world title, who was who? are you? Was that Kolbaba that it was between you two? Or who who did you get yeah. that year?
4: Yeah, so uh, Kolbaba went in winning it. And then uh, I think Eduardo was second and I was third. And I think, uh, damn, who the hell else was in there? I know Kaiki was either fourth or fifth. I can't yeah. remember who else uh, was right at the top there. Or Cooper. Cooper, that's who.
0: Yeah. So what do you think happened? You kind of talk about that, that you kind of, maybe there's like the, you've won the world, so now you ease up a little bit. Is that what you think happened in, in 2017? I mean, you still had a fucking good year on, on what would have been my greatest year, most people's greatest year, but for you, it was a bad year. Uh, but what do you think happened that next year why you didn't have, you know, come back to back and win a world title everybody expects you just to win the world every year? So what do you think happened that next season?
4: Yeah, like I shit you not, they talked about it and uh, I can say firsthand, it's true. Like you get a world champion hangover, you kind of get complacent in a way. I mean, you still want to be there and ride bulls, but it's like, gosh, damn, like it's still hitting you that you just won a world title and uh, that's kind of what happened and um, I was still putting in the work and everything but it was just kind of all settling in still that uh, that I had won the world did
1: did you have more pressure after winning that first one to win the second one just to prove to yourself and to everybody else that you weren't the one hit wonder I know I've been in that situation as a bullfighter getting finals the first year I got my finals my The second I got that buckle, I was like, I got to make sure and prove to these motherfuckers that I'm just not a one-hit wonder. Was that like that for you as well?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, not so much in 2018, it didn't feel like, but more so in 2019 when I came out uh, just swinging for the fences right away. And I won the first two events and uh, did so well right away. And going into the second half, did so good again. We get to the finals and it's me and Jose just fucking punch for punch. (laughs) And holy shit. Uh that final day, um I I I was winning the finals, had rode every bowl I got on. So um that night after the uh fourth round, we get to got to pick bulls. And uh I was second in line to pick bulls, pick my bull, and rising sun was in there, and that's my favorite bull of all time that yeah. I've won so much on. And I pick rising sun. And, uh, it pretty much was tomorrow. If I, uh, rode and placed like pretty much like top three in the round that I had pretty much secured it. Like before the short round, if I, if I rode that, if I rode rising sun and, uh, did my job, I pretty much won it. Cause going to the short round, I think Jose and outlaw, they both still had a shot, but they had to be like 96 and 97 points in order to go above me in the standings or mm-hmm. in the event. So I don't think I slept at all the night before because, and which is so stupid. It's like rising sun, so nice to ride, but all I could, I just kept watching video after video of me on, on him before. And I'm like, I know what exactly what he's going to do. And that day getting on that bull, I had never been so fucking nervous in my life. You know, <laughs> I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going right. to come out, go left, suck back a little, and you, yeah. you're going to spur the whole time. Yeah. But holy shit. Just the, just the feelings like, just ride this fucker and i've got my second one i've yeah. got it like that's yeah, it i got it and i oh, got another man. million in the
1: bank another exactly sheet, baby. and an yeah. average check what's the average check these days is it 300 300
4: yeah
0: not bad so you won both of them that year
4: yeah i won the uh finals and the world title fuck man it was the yeah. coolest shit <laughs> ever
1: did you guys unwind that night did you guys twist one off in vegas that afternoon and evening
4: no, honestly, no. Uh, each time I've won the world, we've me and the family went and ate dinner, went back to the hotel room and chilled and went to bed. That's it.
0: That's what I do most times in Vegas. As well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that after the Velocity Finals was done and before the World Finals that I didn't do that a little bit at South Point, but uh, I yep. didn't end up doing it the night I won the world.
0: Oh, that's funny, huh? So does it take... A little while after, maybe because you're, the eyes are always on you, man. Like, and it's yeah. kind of like JB, um, where you get to this point where you just can't give a fuck anymore because everything you do, somebody has something, to say. yeah, a hundred people are going to think you're doing the right thing. A hundred people are going to think you're doing the wrong thing. Right. So is that tough for you just to deal with on a daily basis? And social media is so big now where everything you do is scrutinized. How do, you, how do you kind of handle that now? You seem to be like this kind of old man where you don't give a fuck anymore, but w- what's your mindset old on all at, that? Old man stuff? at 23. 23. Yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, and I don't give two shits. It's like I've got my close group of friends, and all I care is what they think. You know, right. if uh, you're some Joe Blow out there scrutinizing me, go fuck yourself. It's like who you don't know me. I don't give a shit. You can say whatever you want about me, man. Like, you don't know me at all, so... Yeah, it's just, you, I don't, just uh, you don't
1: seem like you would be the type that gets a lot of hate mail or negative comments. Uh, are am I wrong on that, or
4: do you get? Oh, they some, they the, say they say shit on social media, you know. But everyone's tough behind a keyboard,
1: right? That's for sure, right. for sure. You know, you talk about your friends. Well, how's our uh, how's our transplanted Canadians Jake and Weston doing? We used to see them, you know. Now, due to COVID and whatnot, it's been a pain in the ass. But I miss those guys. How have they been keeping?
4: Right. Yeah, they've been good. Jake's been going to touring pros and Weston's been going to some, uh, pro rodeos and, uh, yeah, shit. They open events up for you guys. All three of us will be there.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, man. yeah. And and I just want to say for nobody that's never met you, but I'm sure these, my NFP partners here will agree. You're never cocky. You're confident and that's great, but you always got a smile on your face. You'll stop and talk to somebody. I've seen it a thousand times at events that you've been at, that I've been at and, uh, Man, it's refreshing to see that uh a young fellow like yourself with, you know, millions in the bank will say, um, you could you could be the opposite and and you're not. And I, I commend you for that. It makes the sport look good and it makes you look really good, yeah. man. So good on you. Thank
4: you. Yeah, yeah. Well, at a young age, mom and dad whipped it into my mind that uh like you you will not be cocky. Like <laughs> they'll they'll humble they'll humble me real quick if I ever did get that way. So and I just go back to remembering like when I was a kid and uh, dad would take me behind the shoots at a priority or something when I was just, you know, we quit pretty early when I was probably four years old, but there was a couple points that I remember, like I'd be back there and, and like no one paid any mind to me, you know? And mm-hmm. I just think nowadays, like, hell, I don't think I'm that great or that cool, but yeah, there's kids out there that do. So sure. if I can take time and just, say hi to them and strike up a conversation, it means the world to them. Because I know at a young age that if the top guys in the world would have even just said hi without knowing me, I would have thought it was the coolest gosh damn thing in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, go back to the to that, your most recent world title with you and, and Jose. That You know, it looks from the outside it could go either way there's the point where where jose points up at the buck and shoots and there's people that say that he was just pointing at his buddies other people saying he's pointing at you come on motherfucker then after he gets bucked off he comes up and shakes your hand was your guys's relationship uh helping each other out boosting each other up or was there some animosity between you guys for that world championship title He trying
4: to get you know to get you. It, we've
1: what's that
0: yeah was he he trying trying to
1: get get... in your kitchen right before you nodded your head we had this discussion i remember talking about this because i that's kind of the way i took it so set the yeah everybody
0: takes it differently yeah yeah
1: Yeah. set the nfp podcast audience straight on this one
4: yeah so we've always gotten along great and uh like he'd never done anything like that before like kind of get cocky like that and he did that at the world finals you know the fourth round points at me and My first thought, not even shitting you, was like, motherfucker, you better hope you win. Because (laughs) if you don't, you're going to fucking look like a dipshit. Yeah. And uh, that was just my first thought. And, uh, man, I was like, fuck, you got to be confident to do that. And especially, like, you got to make sure you win. Yep.
0: And then when you shook your hand.
4: Yeah, what was that about?
0: Was that, yeah, was that uh, good sportsmanship, or was he trying <laughs> to mess with you, you
3: think? So, or? I don't know.
4: So, people have been like, oh, I think he was trying to mess with you, and I don't honestly know, but, I mean, shit, he just lost the world title, and I won it because he bucked off, and honestly, I I gave no fucks at that point. He could have no. came up and said, I hope you buck off, pussy, and I would have just shrugged my shoulders like, Yep brother i don't fucking care what you say i just fucking want a million dollars you can say anything i don't
0: give a shit yeah pure gold and he's not i don't think he's like that you know knowing the guy no. i think he's like a super nice guy and he probably was like me or, or yourself included you get bucked off you would have been throwing a fucking fit for 15 minutes but oh god yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah he's such a good respectful nice guy so yeah. i i know he meant good by it yeah. And I've always thought that he's meant good by it. Yeah.
0: What's it like now having your brother? He's, he's been on tour with you. Um, you know, he's kind of off and on right now, but he's going to be a mainstay on the tour here at some point. What's it like having him on tour with you? You're a very family orientated guy. Is that, does that help you? Or do you think it hinders you because you're trying to help him and worry about him or what's your guys' relationship on the highest level of bull riding?
4: I honestly think it helps me just because, you know, we can leave the house together, go fly out together. And I was got someone with me at that point. You know, uh, I hate traveling by myself and, uh, doing everything by myself. So whenever me and Jake can just leave the house together, go fly out and room together on a weekend, it's, uh, and I get so fucking nervous when he rides just, just cause it's, you know, he's family and, uh, I don't get nervous when I ride just because, you know, it's, it's normal now, but yeah. just knowing that I can't do anything and I have no control over how he does when he nods his head, I just get fucking nervous, man.
0: What's his mindset towards it? Is he, do you find people are putting him on a pedestal that he has to be as good as you type of thing? Does that ever mess with them where he can't just be himself because of the shadow that, that you've put forward?
4: You know, uh, I think some people do. But man, it's funny, you know, Jake, to me, he is the most, like, I don't, I think I don't give a shit. This kid is the most non-give-a-shit person (laughs) in the world. Like something crazy can happen and Jake's just like, whatever, like, I don't, fuck it. Like Uh, there's times he needs to actually, actually care about stuff and he just doesn't. I'm like, man, you need to (laughs) maybe, maybe take a little more, this a little more seriously. (laughs) and uh he's just like screw it like it like his get-offs yeah
0: Yeah, i used
1: to yeah i i used to just pray when when i seen him you know getting bucked off that he used to get in the god awfulest wrecks up here like his his get-offs were yes if we're rating him out of a 10 i'm not sure he'd get to a 1.5 and
4: that's what i'm talking about like Jake. He gets his, like, him and Cooper Davis, to me, like, they get their ropes past the point of, like, yeah. man, like, y- there there's no reason you need that much rosin on your rope. Like, it's <laughs> nuts to me. And Jake will just get fucking wrecked out, stomped on. Next day, puts as much rosin on. I'm like, you just, motherfucker, you don't <laughs> learn, do you? Yeah,
2: he's
4: That's his mindset. Fuck it. I'm making sure I'm staying in there.
0: Oh, that's good. Oh, I like <laughs> it. So what's well, next? Think, oh, sorry, Scott, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I, I think it was 2019 when he came up to the PBR Canada finals. Is that right, Jason? 2019? Yeah. Je- Jess came up as and I, well. Right. Yeah, and I was, was that the I, year I, you come Jess or t- when Swearingen won?
4: Yep. The yep. Yeah. Right after the finals the next week.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah I, was just, right. I was just, I was just, I was just going to say, you came up there strictly to cheer him on. And it was, I, I mean, I'm right in there with the action watching you guys do your thing. And, uh, it was good to see, man. Like you're, you're not lying when you say you're more nervous. Cause I think you ride a bull harder when he's riding, when
4: you're standing on the back
1: of the shoes than no. he actually is. Eh? So it's cool. Oh yeah.
4: And then when he makes such a good ride, like I, fuck when I was commentating on that ride pass last fall, um, I'd go and help him each time he was up and at Salt Lake city, uh, he had air assault of HD pages, you know, buff, yep. and, uh, Jake rides this sucker both ways too. And he was like 88, 89 or something like that. And I fucking threw my hat off the back of the shoe. <laughs> that's how excited I get yeah. when he rides. It's oh fuck! fucking uh, love that feeling. I get so much more excited when he rides than when I ride.
0: Oh, that's good. Going back to Jose looking up at you on the buck and shoots and pointing back to you. Have you ever gave Jad Brigger the finger while you were riding?
4: Oh dude. How do you know? <laughs> I'm sure. I guess that's probably just the talk. Cause the Canadians were helping me, Lonnie, Coy, and them. Oh man, so this is a fucking A a plus story. I love this one. And uh, so we're at Jackson Hole PBR. Um, just drove all night from Calgary actually to get uh to make this one. And uh, first night, round one, um, I draw some new bull of his out of the rights, and he's this piece of shit's laying down in there just being a dick. And I gave Chad shit right then and there. I was like, shoot train him before you bring him, Chad. And he kind of snaps back at me. He's like, well, just fucking pull your rope and get out on him. (laughs) And so I was like, fuck it, you know, and he's laying down in the front and I took him and he just flat spun. And so then I get a re-ride and it was at element 79 of his. I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I was the last person to go on my actual bull. So then I'm the last person to go on this re-ride. And Chad's trying to hurry me. You know how Chad is at his bull ride. And it's like, Chad, it's a fucking summer, bro. Calm down a little bit. Like Everyone's here to have a good time. Fucking chill. And so there was a bounty bull that night and it went my re ride bull and the bounty bull was right behind him. And he's like, roll both of them in. He's like, someone go get Derek. Uh, his bounty bull is coming in. And I look at Chad and I'm like, Chad, what the hell? I've still got to go. Element 79's good. And he goes, this fucker goes, <laughs> Oh fuck. We're going to need the payloader over there to get you out of the dirt when he slams you. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> I was like, all right. All right. I'm going to let my riding and do the talking. Yeah. So this bull is so fucking cool, man. A little boxy around to the left, which worked in my favor even more. Cause I laid back and I don't think I've ever spurred a son of a bitch more hard than this. <laughs> and I just went to this bull and uh, the whistle blows. And I just look back at Chad and I'm like, fuck you. And make two <laughs> rounds with this bull, giving him the finger and then get off on my feet. Oh, my God. And then I'm out in the arena. And this is the most little cocky little shit I've ever done in my life. But, you know, it was the summer and it was we were having fun doing it. And I took off my helmet and I looked at Chad and I said, run in my fucking bounty boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Ah, nice. That's cool. That's a good one. Um, okay, we won't keep you here much longer. Scott has our, our infamous question for the pod.
1: Well, Jess, uh, man, you're A1 and uh, you're good for the sport and I like your attitude. But uh, all that aside, this is the hashtag NFP podcast. We know what... It means to us, what does NFP mean to you?
4: Yeah, um, just kind of like just that last story we were talking about. Just, you know, to me, it's not giving a shit and just going and being a fucking cowboy. Just uh, doing stuff that the regular person wouldn't do, you know, Um, going above and beyond to do cowboy shit. That's the way I see it
0: boom that's good nice. that's yeah. cool. nice. okay so what's next for jess lockwood you're you're back healthy you're in pretty good position for the season you're fucking 23 years old so you have your whole career ahead of you most guys don't mcbride like i don't think he said he won a world title that He was 26 or something so yeah what do you what are you looking at what's your goals you've you've accomplished most everything but but a guy like you you what do you got what's your goals now coming moving forward
4: man uh just to me, it's get that third one, third one, and go from there. You know, uh, whether I get that third one and maybe just peace out, Girl Scouts, and uh, just ranch from there. Maybe like that's what I want to do is just just uh, win another one, and I'd just, I'd love just to retire at a good age, uh, save my on body your a little terms, bit, on and your uh, terms. yeah, I'd, you, I'd love to be separate. able to retire at a young age and uh, leave leave my mark on the sport one more time with another world title, but, and then just be at home and ranch and live the family life.
1: Boom. All right. Well, I want to throw this out here, Jess. And if you, uh, if you were to win your, your third title at age 23, would that be a decision you'd want a few days and, and maybe make after number three at this young of an age?
4: It, uh, yeah, I might need a little thinking time on it, but that's, uh, that's kind of, kind of the way I'm looking at it
1: wow
0: there we go okay. proud wow. of you wow. proud of you
1: yeah yeah and you'd also make known terms. You'd, you'd also make me look real good jess since i got you picked as our uh, nfp podcast world champion yeah, so yeah, i'm not gonna, gonna lie I've I've, tr- I've I've tried to trade you a couple times and yeah. it, but uh <laughs>
4: he likes Cooper. Get,
1: i'm getting back in your corner i'll get yeah. back in your corner
4: <laughs> hell yeah all
0: right jess well we appreciate your time and coming on the NFP Podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. <laughs>
2: now look
0: at them yo-yos, that's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working, that's the way you do it. The money for nothing and your cheeks for free. Now that ain't working, that's the way you do it. Let me tell you.